This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me is my co-host, TJ Peterson. Joining us today, a very, very special guest, the sports director for WPLG Local 10, a member of the broadcast team for the Miami Heat, and of course... With WPLG Local 10, the host of the Miami Sports Pod, Will Manso. Will, thank you so much for joining us today. Guys, it's my pleasure. It's been a long time coming. We've been trying to get on for a while now, so I'm glad we've got a lot of good topics to discuss. Yeah, we uh, we finally we finally complete the triumvirate of the of the WPLG uh, <laughs> the WPLG broadcast team with uh, with you, David and Ian. Uh, and so we're we're very excited to, to get you on uh, to talk a little bit of Panthers. We might get into mm-hmm. some heat a little bit later, but of course. Uh, the buzz around town is the top team in the NHL, the Florida Panthers. So from, uh, from your, your sports reporting angle, uh, tell mm-hmm. us a little, bit about, a, a little bit about what you're seeing with this year's Panthers team that's different from years past. Well, I mean, consistency, you know, the ability to win at home and to just be a, a, a scoring team. You know, one of the things about the Panthers over the years is that there's, they've lacked that consistency and they'll go in stretches where they play well, but then they'll bog down and they don't necessarily have the, the, the ro- roster depth and the ability to have prolonged periods of scoring, you know, and, and the one thing we're seeing with this team is they score, man, they're fun to watch. And I think that's part of what, you know, I, I always tell this story and I'll tell you guys it, briefly, I got here in 1999 and my first year, the Panthers made the playoffs. They played a seven uh, game playoff series against the devils in the first round. I thought, man, this is so cool because I had, I had, I hadn't covered hockey much. My second job was in Michigan. So I covered IHL hockey. So mm-hmm. I was starting to get that passion of understanding hockey and loving hockey. And then I get here, the Panthers had the season, you know, they get eliminated, but it's fun. And then they didn't make the playoffs for like a decade plus. So it, you have that lull and that inconsistency and that, that mindset where it's almost like the Panthers are just always going to be mediocre or bad. And this year, I think we're all seeing, no matter how big of a fan you are, that this team is far from being one of those teams. This is a team that scores, that's fun, that wins, and like I said, that especially plays well at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and TJ and I were actually talking. Uh, I don't remember if we if we recorded this or not. I don't think we did. But we were talking about a lot uh, some of the differences between this team and that 15-16 team that won the Atlantic mm-hmm. uh, back then. And I mean, we were just talking about how like this 21-22 team would absolutely bully that team oh, out of out of absolutely. the stadium. Yeah, absolutely. And and that team won its division. So that's uh that's a lot for this team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it t- tells you where it's going, right? Like this team isn't a fluke. Like we're too far into the season to say like, oh, things are mm-hmm. going to turn for the worse. And obviously, look, there's injuries right. and things can happen. Uh, they've had a few close calls, obviously, with Barkov missing some time. And, you know, you could do Claire miss some time. But I mean, when it gets down to it, this team is deep and, and talented. And I think we could all see that this is not a fluke. Right. And yeah, that ability to cycle through that talent, like, like you were saying, this is the first time that the Panthers have really had that level of depth where yeah. they can they can they can have Alexander Barkov go down for a few games and big deal. You put Sam Bennett up top, get mm-hmm. I I mean Etula Starn and played two C while Barkov was out and he did as about as center. well as you could ask. Trust uh, me, I had to I, I had to learn his name well because I had to say him every day in the high, highlights. I'm like, get his damn name right. Because he was scoring and doing something every night. Right. So so it's it's really amazing to finally have that that depth uh, and that ability to rotate through the talent and compensate for injuries, especially uh, in uh, in a season like this where uh, COVID is still unfortunately a part of what we have to deal with in the NHL. 
Yeah, it is. And, that, and that's the thing, too, is that you know that those hiccups are going to come. It used to be just injuries, but now with COVID, you just don't know. I mean, you see it all the time, but I think we can kind of sense that they – and the, the great thing is they believe it. They talk about it. You hear their, yeah. their, their sound, pregame, postgame. These guys buy into it. I mean, they know how good they can be no matter who's out, but especially when they're all healthy. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And somebody that definitely knows how good he is is Alexander Barkov. And I was going to lead into this question by saying, you know, he's got star quality. Do you think he's a guy that can the fans in Miami can attract to identify with? But, you know, the way the season is going, maybe we should be asking this question about Jonathan Huberdo, because yeah. as of last night, <laughs> he's tied that. tied for the NHL lead in points. Yeah, I'll tell you another quick story. So earlier this season, I referenced Barkov as you know the Panther superstar. I said it on air and I said it on Twitter and someone said to me, well, you know, they have two superstars. And I said, look, I love Huberto. I think he's obviously a consistent player that's proven to be a, one of the better players in the league. I wouldn't call him a superstar. Well, since then, he's been an absolute superstar. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will say it now for the record on your podcast. Jonathan Huberto is a superstar. I mean, it's I, I and I was dead wrong. I mean, I always thought of him as an all-star level quality player. I know that people who play fantasy hockey will tell you that he's a great player to have in fantasy, but oh, in yeah. reality, he's a damn good player and he's one of the better ones in the league. I mean, don't feel bad, Will, because I would I would have totally agreed with you that like yeah. Barkov's on that tier one star level, and then Huberdo's mm-hmm. still like yeah. upper echelon. Absolutely, a player you love love to have, and like you have to ask the question now: is if is Huberdo up there in that top tier? And I mean. It's not really even a question anymore when you're tied no, for the lead, lead in points. Yeah you, yeah, you don't get there by accident. No, and the thing is, it's not <laughs> like he's a young, fluky player, like a young player who's just, wow, he's having a good year. I mean, he's done this for years. It's not like he's been a bad player. Like I said, he was already, uh, I think, a tier two player in the league, a guy who's considered, what would you say, top 25, 30 in the league, right? I think that was yeah, fair going into the season. And now you're looking at, he's probably, you could say he's top 20, top 15 in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, he's in, and he's putting up numbers to say he's even higher than that. He just has to continue that. But yeah, he's, a, he's a star. He's absolutely a star. And then just in terms of watching him, I mean, Barkov does special things that, you know, you can make a highlight package of him stealing the puck, getting around defenders, but Huberto, it's the same with the passes that he spins around and makes the unbelievable pass. And, he can also, you know, snipe from anywhere on the ice, really. Mm-hmm. These are guys that I, I think, and you can let me know if you agree with me, that the South Florida fans, they can look at these guys and be like, damn, I want to watch these guys play. Yeah, I, and I agree. And, I, and this is what I tell people all the time. Not that, look, I, it's not the media's job necessarily to sell a team. like Right. But part of our job is to identify what makes a team fun and special and tell people about it. doesn't mean like, hey – Go buy tickets now. They're on sale. Go see the Panthers tomorrow night. You know, whatever the case may be, Thursday night when they play. But I, I do tell people like, hey, I know maybe you don't follow the players as much, and you say, oh, the Panthers are doing well, but I don't really know the ins and outs. But like, watch, you know, Barkov. Watch Huberto. Watch these players and this depth that they have. Watch the way they play. It's not just that they're winning. It's that they're fun to watch. And yeah. I think Huberto is a perfect example of that. You talk about his production. His production is excellent. But it's the way that he's producing, too, like in the biggest of moments, with the most dramatic of ways, with the spins, with the shots, with the passes. I mean, it's night in and night out. And that's what I tell people. Like, I don't have to sell you on the Panthers. They're good. But watch a little closer and you'll see they're also fun. And I think that's a big difference in trying to kind of get the community behind this team. Yeah, TJ, I remember I'm, I'm going to tell a story. I'm sure I've told this story on the pod before, but uh, I was never huge into soccer. Uh, when I went to college, I started playing FIFA because that's what you do when you're a freshman yeah. in college. You get a fake ID, drink <laughs> beer, and play FIFA. Exactly. Um, Statue of limitations is up, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so I, I start playing FIFA and I start getting a little into soccer. That summer, TJ and I go to uh, go to uh, like a, like it was, what, what were they calling it? The championship series International or champions uh, yeah, cup it was it was just basically was a fun, yeah, yeah, it was, i think that steven ross tournament. created was it that thing that steven ross created that that wasn't it that the the tournament that came to south florida too yeah yeah that's yeah. a hard rock the icc yeah or something? exactly yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah the international champions cup or something like that yeah uh and it was it was just a bunch of a bunch of the big european clubs coming over and doing like a tour of the united states to try and mm-hmm. increase that interest uh chelsea had just bought eden hazard from Lille in, uh, in France. TJ, we, we, so we go to, uh, go to the Chelsea game and TJ says to me, 
watch 17 in blue. I think you'll really like him. Now to, to circle that back to what we're talking about, I can totally see someone trying to get into hockey and their friend taking them to a Panthers game and saying, watch 11 in red. That guy is a stud. That guy is a star. Mm -hmm. Watch the things he can do with the puck. Watch, watch the way he passes it. Watch the way he skates through defenders. It's, and after that, TJ, I mean, you could tell, you could, you can say it. I was, after that game, I was like all in on, on Chelsea FC, on soccer. I loved it. It's very into it for a long time. And I could totally see Jonathan Huberto having that same kind of watch 11 in red kind of effect on someone. And I think that's the conversation, like in conversations I've had with people with the Panthers, like Matt Caldwell, I think does a great job with them. And Matt will always say to people like, Hey man, watch this team, like watch the players we've brought and we put together, you know, and, and when you see it and another thing, you know, what we haven't even mentioned is how, how often do you see a team lose its coach uh, and make a change of that stature? Now, usually it's because the team's playing poorly, you get fired. Obviously, in this case, it was a little a little bit different situation with with Quenville having to leave and having to move on. Uh, but yet the team still behind Andrew Burnett has found the way to play the same way. And it, it, it took maybe a couple of weeks. But even then, there was never really a drop off. Right. And then all of a sudden, forget it. Then they just started winning every game at home. You know, they take this COVID break and they come back. So to your point. It's like each night it's a new guy. And now I think we can legitimately say they have two star level players. So, I mean, that's a formula for a fun team, right? Two stars, you win a lot. You're especially good at home. I want to see that. You know, I want to rally behind that. And I think fans really are starting to in South Florida. And you got the best of both worlds, I think, because you also have guys like Radko Gudis and Ryan Lomberg. Mm -hmm. Radko Gudis, I think he's the league leader in hits. Either way, like he's probably really high up. There. <laughs> I wouldn't want to mess with. I wouldn't want to mess with him. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, so that people that appreciate the old time hockey, the physicality, he's there for you. And you know, Ryan Lomberg is the guy that's just always compete level, hundred percent on the ice. You know, he might die on the ice one day. That's how hard he's trying, and fans can always get behind it. He is intense. And look, and the goalie situation too, your goaltenders, I mean, everybody was last year with the finish, everybody thought, okay, Spencer Knight is going to be a special player. And I think we all agree he can be, yes. but I think everybody kind of set aside Bob as to like, Oh, you know, he's going to be whatever. Like you just got to deal with his contract and move on. And now you're seeing that for the most part, Bob can still be a really damn productive goalkeeper. You know, he can be there and be very good at what he does aside from the young guy and we saw it the other night where we had what was it with the night where he had the crazy night with the saves and had a shutout I yeah 40 saves shutout in edmonton wasn't it yes it was during this road trip yeah i mean those are nights where you know there's it's just that's the kind of production that you need now and then from a guy a veteran yeah. like that and on top of night's development and what you hope he can be so there are a lot of pieces, you know, you, we've mentioned the toughness. We've mentioned the electricity and the score, the scoring ability. We mentioned the change in coaches and yeah, the goalies. I mean, this is a, this is a team that in a lot of facets finds way to win. Uh, I can confirm by the way that Rad Kogudis does in fact lead the NHL in hits. He has nice. 177. I, I, believe, games. I believe that. Uh, <laughs> that seems low. That's second, low. second place, by the way, is Nick Delorier with 159. So that's yeah. uh, 18 fewer hits. Uh, Deloria has played two more games. Wow. Man likes the man likes to hit. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, I will say third is Ryan Reeves with 149 and 35 games. So that uh, Reeves okay. could catch up, but, yeah. but yeah, Radko Gudis does, does uh, lead the league in hits. So the physicality is absolutely there. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, man, what, what, what else can we talk about with this team? There's just so, you know, well, I'd be interested to know coming into the season uh, between last season and this, uh, mm-hmm. Huge roster turnover. I mean, Barkov, Ekblad, and Huberto are basically, and and Weger, of course, uh, are are some of the only like players left from the yeah, previous that regime. nucleus. Yeah. Um, so so who who's really like come in and surprised you? Who was a name that you were like, oh, who's this guy before he came in, and now now is really impressing you. Well, you know, it's not necessarily who's this guy. It's like what you're asked for, you know, and, and, and what they're asked to do. You mentioned Sam Bennett earlier, you know, and, and I mentioned Duclair earlier. And you see guys that, to me, a, a good team has to like the depth, right? You have to be able to pick up the slack for those stars. And these are players 
that have, you know, and that the drop off hasn't been significant. It's funny. I know we were going to talk about the heat later and I don't want to, I hate comparing <laughs> the Panthers and the heat, but they're both, they've both been winning so much and it's interesting the way they've done it. Maybe it's the COVID stuff because it's such a weird, you know, stretch where guys are in and out of lineups, but the heat had been doing the same thing. where like, you know, Jimmy Butler, a bam goes out, but then a Caleb Martin and these guys and, and Omer Yurtsevin come in and you're like, what the hell, isn't there supposed to be a big drop off? And I think the Panthers are in a similar situation. Like there's nobody confusing who the stars are on either team. Right. Right. But in any moment where the star maybe isn't having a great game or is out, there are so many other guys that are picking up the slack where the level of play doesn't really drop. And I think, isn't that kind of the sign of a good team? Like we open this conversation with like, what makes the Panthers different? The difference is that there isn't seem to be that drop off in within moments in the game and stretches of games. I mean, it's, it's a really appropriate comparison thinking about it. It's just crazy. Uh, I think back to Gustav Forsling last year claimed on waivers by Bill Zito at the time. Nobody really thinks too much of it. Oh, you know, he's just a guy that will play every other night and maybe give you a few good minutes. All of a sudden Aaron Eckblad goes out, he's playing top pairing in the playoffs. And you, you look at what's going on with the heat right now and Bam has missed the majority of the season, or at least the yeah, majority of the two, recent games, uh, six, seven weeks. He missed. It's a yeah. big chunk of games. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Jimmy's been in and out of the lineup. Kyle Lowry's been in and out of the lineup. Yep. Hero was on COVID protocol. So, you know, every night it's been something different for them, but they've picked up guys like the Panthers picked up Forsling on waivers that really were just discarded by other teams. And yep. it's the same with Duclair and Carter Verhage. Both of those Verhage's guys. He's another guy. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned Verhage. He's yeah. excellent. Yeah, he's I think this is the, the longest show. we've gone in a podcast without <laughs> mentioning Carter Verhage. Yeah. I, I, how do we do that? Because that's another guy that I'm, I'm always saying in highlights. I'm like, man. And again, and you, you see it, you know, whether your highlights are not just in your, in your night and in night out productions, it just the two guys, because let's face it. Like while star players are, you know, and everybody talks about goalies in the playoffs and star players have to play like stars and we get it all the cliches. I mean, to be a real contender, you got to have more than that, you know, and I feel like at least the way they played, the Panthers have more than that and are in position to really make a deep run. People ask me all the time. And I always, you know, you mentioned David Dwork and and Ian, people that are stationed that follow hockey and Dwork lives and breathes it. And we talk about it all the time. Like we tell people like, I I think this team is, I I don't think it's like if they go on a big playoff run and a big, you know, and I think they will, the question is how far, you know, but Mm -hmm. I think they're set up to go on that kind of run. I don't think it's going to shock anyone when this team makes noise in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is the first time that there's really like an expectation. We always, obviously we always Absolutely. want that first round victory, but this feels like the first time where Man, we need it. Though. We if need if it it's though. not, if we, we don't do need it, it, we, we do, do need it. We do. But this, this <laughs> feels like it. the first time, the first Panthers team in a very long time that we like expect to we make expect it past it. the first we, we round. Do. You know, I and think it will last... actually be a disappointment more than ever yeah. before if they don't. They don't. You mentioned that 15 team, you know, and, and, and I mentioned the 99 team. I mean, that's, we're going way back. These conversations that we're having are stretching two decades, man. Like it's time. Like they need to right. win that first round. And obviously you want more. You don't want to just say win a first round. Like, okay, cool. You did it. This team looks like it's better than even that. But step one is get out of that first round and then see what happens after that. Yeah. I, I, I think, I mean, even going back to that, the only Panthers team in history, that's really one that's really significantly won in, in the playoffs the 21-22 team would probably bully that team out of the ring too. Yeah. <laughs> On paper, it's okay to say that. Like, you know, yeah. those old school teams, they were fun. I mean, we all remember the rats and we love that. And that'll always be part of Panthers lore. But this team seems better than any team they've ever had. You know, they really mm-hmm. do. I mean, they, they just they just do. But until they produce in the playoffs and, and do something. Because right. you know what sucks, guys? is and, and you know what better than I do. If for some reason this team went into the playoffs and lost in the first round, Everybody's going to say the same three words, same old Panthers. And man, I can't tell you how many times I've heard those terms. When I talk to people about hockey, they're like, oh, it's the same old Panthers. Like, oh, it's the same old. And I'm like, dude, it's not the same old Panthers. But until they prove that they're not, people are gonna, in this town are going to kind of ingrain that in their minds that it might right. just be the same old Panthers. How many times have we seen teams with, with poor attendance? Let's just start there. All of a sudden they win a couple of playoff rounds and their arenas are full. Oh, uh-huh. And trust me, I mean, you guys follow the Panthers enough to know this, the, it'll be packed in sunrise come the playoffs. Yes. And, and if they get out of that first round, not only will it be the hottest ticket in town, but it'll be electric and it'll be all over the, you know, the media jumps on the bandwagon. It'll be the lead story on newscast in South Florida and we have reporters inside the arena and outside the arena. I mean, <laughs> people will jump on that bandwagon come that time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
I actually do want to talk about last year's playoffs because I know that local 10 was on site for, uh, was it game one, maybe game two? One of the first I was there game one. I was there game one that I know of. Uh, I, I remember, right? And I think Clay may have been there for the next one. Clay mm-hmm. for our other sports guy, yeah. So I don't know if you were at the playoff series in, in 2016, 2012. Either way, like five years at least since the last time mm-hmm. you would have been at a home Panther playoff game. I heard so many comments in the national media about how electric that atmosphere was. Yep. Can, can you take us back there and what you were thinking, what you were seeing? I mean, look, I've spanned from 99 to like last year, right? Mm -hmm. Every Panthers game I've ever been to, and unfortunately it hasn't been enough. Like we needed more in the Panthers history. We want more, but every Panthers game is electric because I tell people this all the time about South Florida. We are a front running town and it's okay. Like what's the first part of, you know, you look in the mirror and be honest to yourself. We are a front running town, even the heat. You know, as great as as Mickey and Pat and what they've set there throughout the years, when the Heat have down years, the arena's not quite buzzing as much. The couple of times in the last decade plus where the Heat have maybe had a down year, and it's the same with the Panthers. But my goodness, when there is excitement, when a team is making a run, when a team is in the playoffs, there's no better place to meet. People are loud. People are excited. It's packed. Again, it becomes the event that everybody wants to be a part of. And I think to, to answer your question, it was electric. I think anybody who went there, and that's the funny thing is that people from the outside come here and they're like, oh God, South Florida hockey, like, yeah, the Panthers, like, how can it, <laughs> there's no real history. It's that. And then they go to a game and they're like, holy cow, that was, that was loud and exciting and fun and the atmosphere. And I think that's a big part of what they're trying to develop with this team. They really are. And I mean, even now guys, I mean, the games now are fun. You know, I've been, I've been trying as hard as I can to take my girls. I have three girls to take my family to a game just as a fan, because I've gone, I'm going Thursday night and I've been to a few as, as a reporter, but man, just to sit there and soak it all in Panthers games are fun. We talked about the style of hockey, but I mean, just the electricity in the, in the arena. Uh, It's a legitimate, a legitimate buzz that I think anybody that goes will feel. Yeah. I mean, the crowd's really getting into it lately too. You've got the, you've got the wave going on. You've got the, we want 10 chance going on. Oh, we mean, want 10 stuff. That's pretty yeah, cool. The, the crowds are really, really getting into this team. It's not just sitting there cheering when something fun happens, the crowd's getting involved mm-hmm. and the players are responding. It, yeah. I, I don't remember which player, I think it was Anton Zach Rowenski. Wasn't it Zach Rowenski? No, I'm talking about uh, posi- oh. in positive light. Uh, Anton Lundell, I think was asked about the wave and he was like, yeah, we love it. We yeah. like, it really gets us going. Like it's a, it's a lot of fun to see the fans like getting involved and, yeah. and having fun with us as we're now I'm paraphrasing as we're just dominating all these other teams. And I guess, yeah, Zach. Renzky, and they are. Yeah. We can lead into that Zach Wierenski quote also where. Uh, Wait, I missed that quote. Tell me that one. What was that? Quote? <laughs> so this was the, after the nine that? to one game and uh, Zach Wierenski, who's a defenseman for Columbus who lost nine to one. Uh, I can't remember if he was oh, maybe asked I did about see it, this on basically, Twitter. basically said like, yeah, the crowd chanting, we want 10 that like, that was so embarrassing for us, which is not like a way of bemoaning the crowd. It's him, him saying like that, that, that's like the worst situation I've ever been in. We're getting destroyed. And the crowd's like reminding us how badly we're yeah. getting destroyed. You've, you've allowed nine goals. You may give up 10. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's he, true he though, right? Like the most embarrassing thing he's ever. I mean, how how often do you have a "We want ten chant in hockey? I mean, that's that's, a, that's apparently a, a lot in FLA Live <laughs> with, Arena. With, with this team, like two or three times this year already, I've heard that chant. We yeah. put in nine goals twice. I mean, that doesn't happen. Yeah. It, doesn't. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Not in one season. Jeez. Yeah, and it reminds me of uh, Sean Gentili wrote this article for the Athletic. He interviewed a few South Florida sports fans who said. Game one of last year's playoffs was the first hockey game they ever watched. And that was a nine goal thriller ended in the final minute, pretty much. Obviously Panthers weren't on the right end of it, but still kept hearing throughout the season. You know, I'm still hearing it to this day from the national media that covers hockey. Like, wow, that Tampa Bay, Florida playoff series, that was amazing. And, you know, that was a lot of the sentiment from the people that they interviewed too. That series, and I know I ended up going, what, six games? I mean, that series felt like a conference finals, though, because there was mm-hmm. so much – it was there's so much animosity between two te- the two teams, and everybody knows that, look, Tampa's the team you got to get through, especially if you're the Panthers. Right. you got to beat the champs, right? Mm-hmm. But they went toe-to-toe, and there was a couple games, mm-hmm. obviously, where they weren't as competitive. But even then, down the stretch, it, it, to, to push the series to six, they fought and made it fun. And I think that was the first sign, I think – 
that this team was ready to turn the corner. Like it was asking a lot last year for them to beat Tampa in the first round. And again, yeah. coming off their championship, it's a lot, man. I mean, that's, it would have been great, but to say, like you said earlier, to expect that was asking a lot, but the fact that they didn't back down and they kind of went toe to toe with the champs for six games and they, and they didn't back down at all is, was I think a good indicator that maybe the season they're having now was to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was I, more I competitive just, in the I finals. Think, oh, sorry. sorry. Right. <laughs> We're right. usually better at this. Well, uh, that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I just think that uh, a playoff run for Florida, like a deep, deep playoff run that doesn't include getting through Tampa would also Please. be a little empty. Nice. It would just feel It'll be a nice in the first, first round. And then you got to get, Oh through yeah. Them, no, right? get me. I don't want to play Tampa in the first round, but like, no, let and me get through Tampa there. in the playoff yes. series, in a play, in a it, playoff series. It has to, right? It almost has to happen, though. Right. Like, I mean, first of all, I mean, Tampa's Tampa. It's, it's get a second-round it, series. It's <laughs> Yeah. You see it in all sports, right, where, like, the team that's trying to get over the hump has that one team that's just the annoyance, that's just the yeah. better team. And then at some point, like the, like, the little brother catches up to the big brother, so to speak, and then punches him in the mouth. We need to see that from the Panthers <laughs> next time they get Tampa in the playoffs. They need to punch him in the mouth and yeah. move on to the next round. Yeah, yeah, so the 2010s had Pittsburgh and Washington. The 2020s are going to have Tampa and Florida. Watch out. Ironic that you, that you called the little brother, older brother syndrome, considering it was the younger brother in Crosby uh, who kept beating the older player in Ovechkin. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think uh, Tampa and Florida could be this decade's uh, Pittsburgh and Washington. It'd be, it'd be fun to watch, man. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah, here's hoping that it's uh, back and forth, just like those series tended to be. Uh, so while we got you, let's uh, wrap up by talking about a little bit of the heat. Obviously, they mm-hmm. just jumped into first place in the Eastern Conference and we went over it. It's been, you know, the the murderer's row of, you know, guys that they picked up off the scrap heat, essentially. You know, we didn't mention yeah. Kyle Guy, but we mentioned Caleb Barton and Omar Yurtsevin. And I can't even remember all the guys off the top of my head that they've pulled in. Gabe Vincent's another one. Gabe Vincent. It's, yeah. it's just remarkable. Phenomenal. And I mean, yeah. Tyler Hero big jump He's taking that next level. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know what there is to say anymore about just like they're getting the most out of every single guy on this roster. Another just masterclass by spell. It is. And, and it credit to Andy and Pat to identify these guys and their development to develop these guys. And what's crazy is that, you know, part of my job is obviously in interview players and in heat players. A lot of times it's after games. This is how wild it's been. This stretch of, first of all, pandemic where we didn't have access to the players directly. Then all yeah. the in and out because of COVID and guys like the names you just mentioned. I mean, Caleb coming on a two-way contract, Kyle Guy, they get him off the street and down threes. I can't tell you how many times, it's happened at least four times this year where I've gone to do an interview. And this had never happened to me before where I've gone to do an interview and said, hey, right before we're going to start the interview, I'll say, hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> because I haven't, <laughs> even, I haven't yeah. even met That's them great. yet. You know, there's no that because these guys are just coming in. There's no, you know, you know, Bam and Jimmy and these guys, but these are guys that just, they pick up off the street or that they develop in the G league and that show up and score 18, 20 or get a double, double. It's a credit to them, man. It's a credit to the players, but it's a credit to Spo and the staff as well to kind of get these players to that level. Yeah. And my, my favorite player for the heat hasn't even played a minute this season yet. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, Will, as as a as a graduate of Indiana University, you ready I, for uh, Depot to come out? You're yeah. huge Victor Oladipo fan. I own one Heat jersey. It, it is, is a Victor a Oladipo 2021 Victor Oladipo Vice jersey. It's a great jersey, by the way. And we saw him, and last year he looked so good in that one dunk in that one game where he looked like Victor Oladipo. I will say this, guys. Not not. I mean, I think most Heat fans probably have read a little bit about it. Victor's close. He's close. Uh-huh. I really think while the Heat are not the kind of organization that gives timetables because they don't want to like then it passes and they're like they think it's something's wrong. Uh-huh. I think Victor's coming back right after the All Star break. I do. I think mm-hmm. he is going to return after the All Star break, which is not that far away. I think it's February sixteenth, somewhere around there, seventeenth. So you're talking less than a month away. They could be getting Victor Oladipo back. Uh, barring any setbacks, which is uh-huh. huge. I mean, people for, you know, how I mean, that guy's, if he oh, yeah. could just be a fraction of what he was and give it to you in limited minutes, that's a huge, I mean, that's better than any trade you can make to get that uh-huh. kind of player in uh-huh. the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just remember being in college and watching him uh, when I was a freshman. He was a year ahead of me, I believe. So he was a sophomore when I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember seeing seeing sophomore Victor Oladipo and thinking, you know, if this guy could just hit a jump shot, he would oh, be man, by far the best player on this team. We'd come back the next year 
he had been working on his jump shot yeah. and that was the year that Indiana held on to that, uh, to that like top five ranking for most of the season uh, ended up losing in the sweet 16 that year. But that, I mean, Oladipo, once he, once he was able to hit a jumper, man, it was, it was game over for anyone who tried to guard him. And they're excited about getting him back. You know, that Markeith Morris has missed a big stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, Bama just got back. Jimmy Kyle's coming back soon. He had a personal issue. He had to deal with uh, Tyler. We mentioned the, you know, on the COVID list, Point being, they're slowly but surely getting guys back, but they're still, I mean, you opened it saying the number one seed currently in the Eastern Conference. That's wild with all those guys that they're the number one seed with all those guys in and out of the lineup. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the Eastern Conference, I mean, you go through it in your head as a fan. What's your hypothesis in terms of like, who are the biggest threats to the Heat in the Mm -hmm. East? Who do you think is ultimately going to be in the cage, you know, right at the end? I mean, I think it hasn't changed in my mind. I know Chicago has been a great story. They're dealing with some injuries now. They lost Lonzo Ball. Uh, Zach uh-huh. Levine was out for a bit. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're a really up-and-coming team. I don't think they're there yet. I could They could shock somebody, everybody in the playoffs, but I just still don't think they're there. It hasn't changed for me, guys. It's still Brooklyn, and it's still Milwaukee. And mm-hmm. I think that Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and the Heat are the teams I look at as, as the teams. You know, Chicago mm-hmm. is going to make some noise. I will say this, though. It's important for the Heat to stay in that top of the conference because I, I don't want to see a Boston or a Philly in the first round. I would hate a 4-5 mm-hmm. matchup against a Boston or a Philly. Those are dangerous teams because they have a Tatum or an MB that can take over a series. Uh, but when I look at it, I think the Heat are going to have to, you know, if you, if you get a top three seed, beat one of those lesser tier, tier teams, an up-and-coming team like a Cleveland that's still growing but not there yet, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have to go through the champs in Milwaukee, and you're going to have to go through Brooklyn, depending on what Kyrie's doing. If he's playing on the road, home, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen come playoff time. But right. the point being, if you have a healthy Durant, Harden, and Kyrie, and then you've got the champs again, that's that's really we talked about the Panthers having to go through Tampa. <laughs> that is really gauntlet. what you got to go through. That is a gauntlet. That's a lot, but the Heat are kind of positioning themselves to be the type of team that can do it. It, it really is remarkable. I know you you don't like to compare, but man, like it's it's almost like they're trying to come up with ways to identify with one another. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't DJ, wait till, I can't wait till April. I can't wait till April, uh, April. Once we get rolling, it's going to be a Panthers game and then the heat and, they, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully they take us for a couple of months of fun. That's what we're hoping for. This, uh, this, this, this episode released TJ would be a great time for you to, for you to bump the Panthers players as heat players article that you wrote at the beginning of the season. I'd have to do that. That Wait, I want really to read that one. one. Bump it so I can read it. I want to check that one there out. We'll do. That, that was a yeah. lot of fun, and uh, I'll 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 work on uh, work on my Panthers players as Pokemon for for the nerdier <laughs> side of our fan base. <laughs> Will, before we let you go, why don't you just plug uh, plug what you're working on? Where where can everyone listening find you? Well, I mean, look, we do our, our heat broadcaster on Bally's, you know, for anybody who watch heat games, it, it, you know, we have a lot of fun covering the team pre and post halftime. And then for channel 10, for those that live in South Florida, local 10 channel 10, we do our stuff. Uh, Clay Ferraro and I, you know, you mentioned David Dwork. He does a great job covering the Panthers online and on social as well. Uh, and then we have a podcast called Miami sports pod, which we can get on our local 10.com, which is our website. So we try to keep relevant, try to keep busy. You know, a lot of our lives the last two weeks have been trying to figure out what, who the heck dolphins are going to hire. That's kind of been the focus, you know, that's been the focus of South Florida. I almost feel like until the Dolphins hire a coach, we can't like turn our attention fully yet. We're trying to get to just heat Panthers. That's it. That's the, those are the teams that are going to take us for the next four or five months. Uh, but the Dolphins are kind of hijacking things right now, looking for a head coach. So we need to fill that soon. Yeah. Thanks. Will. this was a blast. No, man, my pleasure. I was, I've been looking forward to getting on. So uh, yeah. it, it is good to be on and I'll definitely check out that article. I, I want to see what who the Heat <laughs> uh, Panthers and Heat players who they are. I want to see that. Yeah, it was it was a really good. Read. <laughs>
It's amazing, right? Mm, what about the one against Detroit in 2019? Oh, did I get that wrong? Wow. I mean, wow, it, it's still been like two and a half years. First short shout out as a Panther in two and a half years, Asterisk. There you go. <laughs> First shout out as a Panther against, no, I guess against a good team doesn't really work either. hey Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, things are going poorly there. Uh, Vancouver, the game I would take the least out of because Vancouver is basically playing third of an AHL lineup other two thirds is their NHL lineup, you know, AHL goalie actually plays well Panthers on the second night of a back-to-back their legs look spent and they ended up grinding it out in the shootout. I, I don't really have too much to say about that. And then last, last night in Seattle, eh, we're recording this on Monday. That was a pretty bad performance. I, I don't typically think that they're playing poorly on the road. Even if they're losing games, it's typically because Bob had a bad night or, the other goalie had an amazing night, but I would say neither was the case in, in, in that game. Uh, any, anything you want to comment on on the road trip, like anything major? Um, I mean, I guess just going back to that Edmonton shutout, uh, uh-huh. I, I did just pull up Sergei Bobrovsky's game log. His uh, That last shutout was uh, – it was against Detroit November 2nd, 2019 – uh, a 22 save performance against a very bad Detroit team. Uh, there's a big difference between a 22 save performance against a very bad Detroit team and a 40 save performance against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Certainly. So I will give credit there because he definitely deserves credit there. Um, I, I was very happy to see at least like a decent performance in a road game. Uh, I know that narrative is a little tired because, I mean, you even put out the the road possession stats and the Panthers are like second in everything uh-huh. uh, on the road. And it's really just for some reason, we're just not getting the bounces away from home ice. Um, but it was really nice to, to it, it felt vindicating to get a, like a real dominating on the scoreboard road win. Uh, and at the same time, the first shutout of the season. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I really only want to talk about the, the Edmonton game. I guess the Vancouver game, I, I feel like it should not have gone to a shutout is what I will say. Shootout. That's what I meant to say. I, I assume that everyone knows that I meant to say shootout considering it should not have gone to a shutout is not a thing that makes sense. Uh, and I'm the one that makes sense around here for the most part. If you didn't listen to last All right, week's yeah. episode True. Uh, where I had had a couple of glasses of whiskey and was having a bad ADHD day. Yeah. That, that Vancouver game, I feel like should not have gone to a shootout, but I mean, I guess credit to Spencer Martin in his fifth NHL game ever, I believe. Yeah. Either that or um, fourth doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, he still has never won an NHL game but he did force the number one team in the NHL to a shootout. I mm-hmm. almost said shutout again. I felt the U coming. Uh, well, there is a U. Really late in the, in the <laughs> word though. I, <laughs> you had to wait for it. You had to wait for it. <laughs> Speaking of Wordle. Um, you know, I, like I thought it was really funny in, in that game, by the way, that like, I know we were just talking with Will about Barkov mm-hmm. and Huberdo and how they're both superstars. That game seemed really funny to me in that they both seemed to try and emulate the other in that mm-hmm. game. You had Barkov doing one of those like fancy super passes uh, during the game. And then in the shootout, Jonathan Huberdo literally tried that one handed backhand. Mm-hmm. He did. He didn't score on it. He did Barkov not. later did on the exact same shot. But I just thought it was really funny that like Huberto Huberto tried Barkov's move. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. You're totally right. Wow, crazy. And I didn't stay up for that whole game. I I I, I was asleep uh, before the shutout. Before the shoot. Why am I doing this before the shootout? Uh- <laughs> You know, um, I, I do want to talk about one thing from last night. Yeah, go for it. Our boy. Jared McCann. He looked great. He looked great. Yeah. Um, I wasn't. I who who punched him? I think that was Lundell. Was it? Yeah, no. Whoever it was, I remember it making me sad that 
a player that I loved punched Jared McCann. Uh, that made me sad. Yeah, it was it was kind of like a a little like I don't even know how to describe it. He just kind of like swiped yeah, it his face. A punch, but like... yeah, it it was some some hockey afters, you know. Yeah, it, it's almost performative. <laughs> I guess a little bit it is um, pro wrestling stuff. Yeah, I I do find it also very funny that the Panthers are currently the number one team in the NHL, uh, despite having zero wins against an expansion team with uh, the third worst, I believe, points percentage in the league. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) I mean, they're a very clear bottom five team. The Panthers are the best team in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, one... One easy, oh, for way to, two. <laughs> one easy way to explain it is that the, they've had the worst goaltending performance of any team by far, and the goalie didn't play poorly in either game. So there you go. If you take away the... Leave it we, to the Panthers to get goalie by an expansion team. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> God, speaking of expansion teams, Vegas coming up on Thursday, and then uh, San Jose on Saturday, a little bit of home cooking. That break is coming up. Kind of remarkable yeah. that we're close, so close. I'm curious to see what will happen against Winnipeg. I can write off a bad performance as the last game of a road trip, potentially. I mean, they're going to have to clear customs to go to Seattle and then back up to Winnipeg and then clear customs again to get back home to Florida. So it's a bit of a rough travel stretch, but they'll be back home where they're great. And uh, then Columbus and New York to wrap up the stretch. And I mean, then we'll be at a kind of a demarcation point, you know, we're at the halfway point of the season already, but that will feel like the, the halfway yeah. point. We'll come back and that'll be the, the, the run. Then we'll be looking at like trade deadline and playoff roster. Who's going to be where and how many Panthers are going to win individual awards. And why is the answer six? And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's the that that second half of the season, um, the spiritual second half, not the mathematical second half. I know we're all about math. Second uh, half vibes. Yeah, there you go. It's the second half vibes season. A lot of road games in the mm-hmm. second half. A little scary how many road games are, are remaining considering the Panthers' road record. But again, it's all in the bounces. Mm-hmm. Just like and bounces never last forever. Yeah, trust the process. That's one thing that we really have to, that we really want to get through everyone's heads that bounces don't last forever. And here's why Anthony Duclair was uh, shot at 9.6% last year, uh, and he is currently shooting at 24% this year. Mm -hmm. It goes both ways, but. Yeah, and speaking of going both ways, they're not going to be 21 and three. I mean, obviously, they can't mathematically be 21 and three at home for the rest of the year, but like, they're not going to be able to get an 800 points percentage at home this year. Like they, they've been great at home. They've been, you know, way better than their opponents night in night out at home pretty consistently, but that you don't win in this league every night. It just doesn't happen. So they're going to lose more than three games at home. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think the only way that the bounces will change is that they'll get better on the road. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very optimistic about this team. I mean, they're the best team in this division. Clearly, I think, you know, until Vasilevsky becomes God mode. And, you know, right now, Bobrovsky is showing he can be, you know, Vesna level Bobrovsky in certain games. So if that guy shows up for the playoffs, I don't really know what Tampa can do to. Yeah beat us or frankly you know if if Vasilevsky doesn't show up for them in the playoffs the way that he did the last two years I frankly don't think they're better than the Leafs either so we'll have to see what happens he's played a lot of freaking hockey with the condensed seasons the full playoff runs them not having a real backup I really wonder if at some point the miles are going to show I've got to imagine that the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, management in particular are pretty happy that the NHL is not sending its players to the, to the Olympics because you throw two weeks of Olympic hockey at, at Andre Vasilevsky in addition to all the extra hockey he's been playing. And man, because games played, goalie management was always the big issue with, with Vasilevsky. 
So you you throw that that extra two weeks at him that has nothing to do with the with the Tampa Bay Lightning's place in the standings, and that would have I mean the wheels the wheels are gonna come off eventually. Uh, not that Vasilevsky's gonna like drop and all of a sudden become I don't know first goalie coming to mind is Michael Hutchinson. Uh, I don't know why, but so be it. He's still a good goalie. He's still a very good goalie, but he's uh-huh. not going to stay like a 930 goalie forever. Mm-hmm. And I think that that notwithstanding, and this is just my personal opinion, there's a pretty clear top three in the league right now. And it could change. I'll, I'll put that at the very end. Top three right now for me, in no particular order, Carolina, Florida, Colorado. And then Vegas, if Eichel is a game changer for them, they might enter the mix. But for me, that's the four. Interesting. Not even including Tampa as one of the better teams in the league. Colorado, Carolina, Florida does happen to be the top three teams in the league by points percentage. So I will give you that. And I mean, Tampa, you can never count them out. You can never (laughs) count them out. But I mean, they haven't really been impressive this year except for the fact that like when point was out and when Kucherov was out, they pretty much played at the same level as they did before. So good on them for playing well without their biggest stars always being there. But at the same time, like they're kind of a middling possession team. Their goal differential, I think is seventh best in the Eastern conference. Maybe it's like fifth, but it's not Uh, top four. They have the eighth best goal differential in the league. Oh, really? Minnesota and St. Louis are Western Conference teams. So eighth in the league, sixth in uh, the conference. Oh, Colorado, fifth in the conference. It's One, really two, it's really three, bizarre. Five, yeah. It's really bizarre how top-heavy the East now is. Like, we know the eight playoff teams. Yeah. That's been established everywhere already. We've talked about, like, you know, the potential best-case scenarios still really aren't that great in terms of the first-round matchups. We've talk, talked all about that. Like like we were saying though with with Will like this is this is a real team this is this is not a team I expect to lose in the first round or really even like without some goaltending intervention either poor from the Panthers or great from the other team they should be favorites by a pretty healthy margin whoever they play yeah and just to hammer home the the whole like we already know what eight teams from the East are making the playoffs. Uh, the first team out of a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference is the Detroit Red Wings. They're eight points behind the Boston Bruins. Here's the kicker. The Bruins have played four fewer games. Yeah. So they can double that lead if they right. win all those games, which they right. might. They're playing well right now. And I mean, that's and the other wild card team is Washington at 55 points. Yeah. So I mean, like. <laughs> those are the two lowest playoff teams the with the the lowest points percentage like are are you really saying to yourself oh yeah bring on washington or boston we'll we'll wipe the floor with them i'm not like those are still very very good teams i am still very much pushing for i i really want the panthers to play the rangers round one that would be fascinating and for those of you saying but the rangers are first place in the metropolitan uh they have the, are they they are currently first place by points Okay. Yeah. I mean, Carolina uh, is just way better than them. Like Carolina has four fewer games played. Yeah. Carolina has four games in hand on the Rangers. Pittsburgh has one and they're only a point behind Washington's only three points behind New York. Well, uh, same amount of games played there. Uh-huh. So like the Metro is still very much up for grabs. Uh-huh. Like the, the Atlantic, you, you can be pretty confident at this point that Tampa and Florida are finishing one and two. And then Toronto and Boston are going to duke it out for third in the Atlantic versus a wild card spot. I feel pretty confident about Toronto finishing top three. You think so? I, I don't know. I, yeah, Boston's good though. Like that's four really good teams. It's right. it's tough. It's tough, man. Yeah. Whereas the Metro, the Metropolitan, like New York, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and Washington, they could literally finish in any order. Yeah, but I'm going to go on record as saying I would be surprised if Carolina does not finish first. I would too. This is all in the service of saying, despite the fact that the Rangers are currently first in the Metro by points, mm-hmm. uh, I would not be surprised if they ended up being the Panthers' first round matchup as a wild card team. And that would that would be something to watch because, but I mean, man, they would be attacking Shisterkin from all angles. It would be early and often. 
and just, we we would have to see if he's up to the challenge, which just, he has just, been in the past. Just give me a playoff series where the Panthers knock out Gerard Gallant. That, that would like, be hilarious. That is literally front to back my entire goal of wanting the Panthers to play the Rangers round one is I want the Panthers to knock Gerard Gallant out of the playoffs. I think this is a perfect <laughs> note to kind of end on just transition over to plugs. A couple programming notes. Exciting news, everybody. We have an interview with Panthers defenseman Matt Kierstead that we will be dropping this Thursday. Very excited for you all to listen to that. In addition to that, make sure you check out the new Panther Paris Substack. I'm writing a short newsletter every day covering the games, you know, previewing some games, recapping some games, talking about tr- potential trades and you know, sprinkling in some advanced stats here and there, obviously. So check that out. It's uh, panthabree.substack.com. You can also see the link on our Twitter page. That's free. That's daily. And really appreciate it if you check it out, subscribe, and get it in your email box. Jake, anything to say before we wrap this one up? Rate us, rate us five stars on newgrounds.com. There you uh, go. <laughs> Panther Pre number one flash game. I actually think that Newgrounds rates on a one to ten system. So, or at least rate. I think it is I five. I does Newgrounds still exist? Sorry, you can cut all this, but leave the rate us. No, on, I think this five is funny. stars on Newgrounds.com. I wonder if it still exists. Oh my god, it does. <gasps> so there you go. Breaking news: Newgrounds still exists. Panther Pre was first. Thanks, everybody, for oh, listening. Oh, and they, they do rate on a five-star scale. So, yes, rate us five stars on newgrounds.com. All right, do that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you on Thursday with Matt Kierstead. Peace. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203.